0: This is Psalms to God, Season 1, Episode 7, Love and Dating. You can find the transcript for this episode at www.psalmstogod.com slash loveanddating. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. To make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Ephesians 5 verses 25 through 28. CSB. Hey guys, welcome back to the Psalms to God podcast. Last week I kicked off the Fruit of the Spirit series with an episode on love and I had my friend Devin come by and talk, um, share his experiences and his point of view and kind of round out the conversation. What you guys didn't hear in that episode is all of the other stuff we talked about. it's pretty hard to talk about love just in the context of the fruit of the spirit and stick to just the topic of loving in general without having some sort of sidebar about romantic love. I think it's just kind of ingrained in us to think that love equals romantic love. And so per the course of the conversation, we did uh, dive off into a couple of tangents that were more focused on love and dating, dating in the modern world and you know just how all of that works. And so the episode, the first cut of the episode, the original cut, was actually really, really long. I didn't think anybody wanted to listen to all of that. but as I was you know piecing together what I thought the the fruit of the spirit episode uh, was focused on, I realized that I didn't wanna throw away all of the other conversation either. So here is the rest of that conversation and a little bit more of, I guess, an extended view of what we talked about as it concerns to love and dating. So part two of that conversation, please welcome back my friend, Devin.
1: But slightly related to this topic of love being a choice, I also come to the debate with people Do you think that there is one person that you're meant to be with or is it like there are many people that you could end up with or does it really matter at all? You could be with almost anybody.
0: So when I was a teenager, I'd have been like, there is one person that you're supposed to be with. Um, As I got older, I started to think, oh, I think, you know, maybe there are many people that you could have been with. Um, I think particularly considering the way we operate today, that a lot of things are timing. Like you could meet somebody and you could really click and like you could be the perfect people for each other, but it may not be the time for you to be together. And, you know, especially like now that a lot of people go off to college and then after you go to college, you may go to grad school, you may go into work. And these things can kind of pull you apart. Um, I definitely know, like, you're in grad school, I went to grad school, and I feel like the hardest thing, um, doing school for an extended period of time, is that I would meet people, and not just, like, from a romantic point of view, but also from a friendship point of view. Um, Like, I would meet people, and I would only get to spend, like, a year with them before they were off to something else, before they moved to another school, before they moved to an internship or whatever and so that kind of like rips people out of your life and so there are a lot of people that i've interacted with that when i look back on it there's nothing wrong with that person there's no reason why i couldn't have you know dated that person for an extended period of time and you know ended up with them you know for forever except that at some point we ended up going different ways yeah yeah um I think like we had the conversation. I think in a perfect world anybody would do. Um but I do think that because we live in an imperfect world that there are some things that we just can't get past. I don't know if that makes any sense. Um cuz you I mean you can't trust everybody. Some people are crazy. Some people are killers, you know, like mm-hmm. um so there are some things that you have to be mindful of. And then Um, I remember, um, when Steve Harvey first came out with like the Think Like a Man uh, book and the movie and all of that, and I was watching it, I didn't read the book, but I did watch the movie, both of the movies. Um, and like when you, I remember like the whole conversation about, um, You know, like, just expectations going into relationships and, you know, like, whether it's from, like, a goals point of view, whether it's from, like, a money point of view or whatever, I think it's really easy for us to say, like, oh, it doesn't matter how much money they make. It doesn't matter if they are ambitious or not ambitious or whatever. Um, But I think we also have certain standards of living that we expect, Um, and I think... I mean, like you said, love is a choice. So if you're willing to make the choice, um, I think things can work, but I think it's hard for people to just turn on or off something. So for instance, um, if you're used to, um, I like using really outlandish examples that I have no connection to. Um, I don't, I don't know why, but, um, like, so for instance, say you are like super rich, you were born like Blue Ivy, okay? Her parents are mega rich. She's been rich her whole life. And then like she goes and she falls in love with this guy who has like absolutely no money, no ambition. Um like your worlds kind of clash and it's hard to like blend into that person's world and have them blend into your world. And while like at the heart of it, I think it should not matter. I think it's hard for us to make that transition 100% to the point that there's no regrets, no animosity, you're not holding this over that person's head. Um, even in uh, Crazy Rich Asians, I don't know if you saw Crazy Rich Asians, know. oh, it's a great movie, you should see it. Um, it There's a scene, well this is a spoiler, I can't say this now, thanks. It's
1: okay, I probably won't see
0: it. Um, so for for viewers who have not seen it, fast forward, um, cause I'm about to spoil it. But um, there's the the Asian family. They're very rich and they have like a ton of money. And one of the women in the family marries a guy who he's not broke. He's he's like a software engineer, um, and he's still very well off. But by no means is he on the same level that she is and he struggles with feeling inadequate because she has so much money and he can't afford um, her lifestyle. And it caused a problem. And I think, um, like I said, I don't think it should matter, but because we're imperfect, I think a lot of times we let it matter. And I think it's hard for us to just concretely make the decision to not let it matter particularly because both people have to make that decision.
1: Right. And we still live within, like, the confines and rules set by society, and it's hard to let all that go. We can't just, you know... We do have, like, sort of a caste system in our society, and it's hard to downgrade yourself, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's even... I've even found that it's hard to upgrade yourself. Um, I... It sounds crazy... Um, but even just having conversations with friends who came from families that are more well off than I do, or than I am, um, the things that they choose to spend their money on, I'd be like, what, what are you doing? Like, that's crazy. Like, how do you not feel bad about like people being homeless or something? Um, or even just, you know, like bougie stuff, like getting somewhere and they got like 10 forks on the table. And you're like, I don't know which one of these forks to use. I'm sorry. Right. I'm I'm used to having one fork. I'm not, I don't have a maid. I'm not trying to wash all these forks. Use the same fork for everything on your plate. Like, and so I think sometimes even trying to go up, in you know, in the upward direction, we don't really feel like we fit. Yeah. Makes sense.
1: So to like recap that, we, um... So maybe there's like a limited group of people mm-hmm. that you would probably be with.
0: Yeah. I and think
1: then so. considering like the people that consider that there's one person for you out there, I think that is not necessarily a bad way to think, but you would also have to, I think it would require a very perfect world too. Because if there were one specific person out there that you were looking for, you wouldn't also not really have a, a signal to let you know that you found that person or if you let that person go so that's a pretty
0: that's a scary thought
1: that would, right would lead you to like insecurity or anxiety about every single person you're with because let's say you did find someone you're happy with and you have to think okay well is this the right person and if i break up if we break up for any reason like am i gonna be able to find someone else or what's gonna happen like it's sort of like a gamble then you're looking for one in like seven billion people
0: yeah yeah i feel like that's a lot of pressure too Because I feel like, um, you know, most people start dating, I don't know, 16. Some people start dating earlier. Um, In my family, the rule is 16. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, I mean, at 16, I didn't know anything. I don't even know if I could tell you things about myself. Like, let alone (laughs) to know what I was looking for in somebody else. So that's, like, a lot of pressure.
1: Right.
0: Um, Because even, like you said, like, when you're dating somebody... But not even just dating people like think about it like it could be that person in your class that you never speak to yeah that's a lot of pressure
1: right and they, yeah because you would then have to like go through everybody if you were gonna try to be systematic about it or something like that
0: yeah like um but I mean I guess in the same vein if you were trusting that God was gonna do the the heavy work um assumably it would work out. Uh, for the best um, and that God would show you who that person is. Um, I think technically that's how we're supposed to be doing this whole dating thing anyway. Um, I don't know if we all succeed in that. (laughs)
1: You said waiting for God to work it out, is that what you said?
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: So I, yeah, I have, that brings me to an interesting thought. So I also been talking with some friends about, um people who so we have this societal you know sort of timeline you get married it's somewhere between the ages of like 20 and 40 right? Mm-hmm. right and let's say you're older than that you may be 40 something and you're single still and so then there's like two ways that I think people go about this like and I think it's split by gender so usually men we tend to be the person seeking out our partner in a way. And women typically, stereotypically, play the more passive role in this search. And I think that, you know, for Christian women, I don't exactly, I can't speak for Christian women, but they tend to end up in a situation where they feel like they're waiting on something and they don't know if it's going to happen or not. And when I have these conversations, I always would like to urge the women to be more active in their search for a partner. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Because I don't know if you know some one of those things. Like, if it were something else that wasn't a relationship, uh, let's say you were, you know, the government was going to send you like a tax refund check or something, and you really needed this money, and you were waiting on it, and were you, would you just sit there and pray about it until you got it in the mail, or would you like drive to wherever you could talk to people from, talk to somebody from the government and ask people questions, write them letters? Would you be more active about it or would you just sit and wait on it? You
0: know? Um, I think that's interesting. So this topic actually comes up a lot in my young adult group um, because the numbers are heavily skewed. Uh, there are a lot of women and most of us are single. Um, there are not that many men and the men who do come are typically married to some of the women that come. So there is this conversation of like, what should we be doing? Should we be... You know, not pursuing, but, you know, like doing something, like you said, going after um, what we want or what we think we want. Or should we just be waiting on God to, you know, drop somebody in front of us? And I think the common consensus that we've come to is kind of a hybrid. Not so much... Not so much a like, oh, you got to get in your car and drive, you know, <laughs> to the tax office and be like, give me my money right now. <laughs> um, But also not to just like passively sit back. So um, one of the girls that um, is in the group, she is in every like she does so much stuff. I don't know how she keeps it all straight. Um, but one of the things that she was telling us is like, you know, if you're always at your house, if all you do is go to work. And go to church, you're never gonna find anybody. Like right. you, like right. you have to be out doing something. Now, that's not saying like you gotta go, you know, to the club or to the bar and just be like picking up dudes. You might be some hobbies though. Yeah, but like strategically choosing, you know, your hobbies. And you know, some of the guys weighed in and they were also like, oh, you know, you gotta go, you know, you gotta get out more, um, things like that. And I totally agree in the sense, like, you know, I I can be a homebody. And obviously, if I just go to work and go home and go to church, there is a high probability I would be single forever. Um, But then at the same time, one of the questions I asked the guys who were also part of this conversation is, um, what hobbies is it where you would be most likely to find these uh, nice Christian men because uh, I know, like, so for instance, a lot of the hobbies I have are quote unquote girly hobbies, right? Like, I like going to painting with a twist. Not very probable that you're gonna run into a lot of guys at painting with a twist, you know? Um, you know, some of my friends and I went bowling, bowling is fun. But most of the guys that you run into at the bowling alley are like 15. So also <laughs> probably not the place to go find your soulmate. Um, some of my friends and I are going ice skating. Not there don't always be a whole lot of guys. I was like, I don't know. Like, it almost seems like I was like, I don't know. I'm gonna have to go to the gym.
1: <laughs> that was, that's exactly what I was thinking. The, the gym is a good place, though. <laughs> it, I was it, like... got good balance of men and women. It's gender neutral.
0: Yeah. I was like, I don't know. I was like, I was like, because I feel like that's one of the other problems is that, um, and this is super stereotypical. Listeners, I'm not saying that these are the things you got to like, or that if you don't like them, or if you do like them, it makes you more masculine or feminine. Just a disclaimer. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just being uber stereotypical. And I feel like in general, a lot of times the hobbies that men choose versus the hobbies that women choose don't necessarily overlap. Like everything that I could think of, I was like, oh, I mean, if I really wanted to just go out to meet guys, I feel like I should go to a basketball game. Um, yes. Yeah. Or, you know, think, and they're all things that I would normally, well, I do like basketball, so I would normally go to a basketball game. But, um, there are things that aren't necessarily things that I would just like this is a hobby that I would pick up and do like repetitively all the time. Like um, even like I was joking about going to the gym, that's not something that would be at the top of my interest list. Oh, yeah.
1: Um,
0: but one of one of my friends actually met her husband at the gym. That's that's where they met. And so I was like, oh, maybe I should start going to the gym. Um, <laughs> but yeah i i think that that's also one of the problems like like you said going out knowing that you should go out and try to make something happen or at least putting yourself in positions where you can meet people um and then figuring out where those places are
1: yeah i would say any there's any sort of like club or organization or like a professional organization around whatever the hobby or your career is you know things like that could work that I'm is true too. yeah
0: that is true um interestingly there is actually a couple at my job that met at work
1: yeah yeah well, something thought of ex work off like you can't work with your spouse but i think if you if you meet at work, it's different than having been together, then got a job at the same
0: place. Yeah, it's, I mean, I've been meaning to talk to her because I feel like that's a very um, complicated endeavor. Yeah. Uh, you know, just the whole notion of, you know, flirting with somebody at work or, you know. Yeah. I mean, just like the whole, like, how, like how that even starts or goes down because, you know, you don't want to cross boundaries or make people feel uncomfortable or anything like that but i didn't even know they were dating when i first so i i've been working where i work for a year and a half almost two years and one day they were just talking about like her wedding because she was engaged when i met her and they're just like oh yeah yeah and you know i've been trying to meet him blah 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 and i'm like why are y'all trying to meet her fiance like when are y'all gonna meet her fiance And they kept talking about him and all of a sudden he walked up and we were at like a company event and you know, he had on a badge too and they were like, yeah, he works here. And I was like, so y'all met here? And they were like, yeah, we met working here. And I was like, Oh wow. (laughs) I was like, I like, that's not what I expected at all. Um, I was just like, I don't, I, I was like, you know, when I was younger, and I worked at like a water park, that was completely normal. You know, for coworkers to start dating, um, they weren't supposed to, but it was normal. But now, yeah. in like a professional, like corporate world, that was kind of shocking to me. Um, and me and some of the other girls were talking. We we're like, we just need to know, like, how this, how this went down. Like, did you slide into the corporate DMs? Like, right. right. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense because you would have to meet someone
1: especially we're all very busy where you spend most of your time. I mean, it's so it kind of makes sense, but yeah, there are those weird professional rules. You don't want to, especially if it's someone like in a different power level in terms of like management, yes. and those things get weird, you know?
0: Yeah. That gets really weird. Um, I think, I think they are in different, uh, departments. So, okay. you know, like, You know, since I'm a software engineer, we also have, like, mechanical engineers and electrical engineers, and they sit in different parts of the building and do different things. We don't necessarily work together, Um, and so I don't think they actually ever work together together. Um, So it's, you know, it's not quite as risque, I guess, as it could be, but I was just like, that's interesting. Like, I mean... It just never, I mean, it never really occurred to me to stop somebody that I'm working with to flirt with them. Um, In the sense that you, most of the time when you meet people at work, you don't know, you don't know that much about them. Like, Mm -hmm. from a personal standpoint, like, are they married? Are they dating? You know, usually it's just like, oh, hi, how are you? Did you read the email I sent you?
1: (laughs) Do you know any of these cases, or even at your um, the group that you were talking about earlier? Did you ever talk about women making like the first flirting advance or something, or is it more like the man starts? It?
0: Um, we did talk about that. We talked about like people's comfort levels. We talked about how men receive things. Um, there, obviously, with everything, there's always varying opinions. I don't think. I don't think there's a hard and fast rule um, because I do think there are guys who love to be approached and I think there are guys who are put off by being approached. So I I think it definitely depends on the guy, like the situation. Um, Me, personally, I'm not a fan of being the approacher. Mm -hmm. Um, Though I will say... um, As I've gotten older, I've been mastering the art of letting the guy think he is the first approacher. If that makes any sense. Like, (laughs) (laughs) um, I feel like, you know, this is the skill, like when people talk about like mentoring and like older women mentoring younger women, I feel like this is the skill that needs to be taught. Yeah. Like the art of like the subtle flirt that, like, puts the seed of an idea in his mind. (laughs) That's Yeah, it's basically saying, like, you should flirt with me. I'm not going to flirt with you, but I want you to flirt with me. And then just, like, letting it sit there until, like, he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to try this. And then, like, if you ever bring the story up later, he's going to think that he initiated everything, but really, you know you spent a long time trying to figure out how to drop this hint that you wanted to go see this random movie or something, you know, like something really random that kind of like lured it in. Um, I don't know. Do you have, I mean, you're a guy. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, me personally, I don't mind. I would not, I want mind if a woman uh came and made an advance towards me. I do have friends that are, they wouldn't be comfortable with it though. They make it would definitely make them feel emasculated. Yeah. And I talk about this on like I'm in this Facebook group of guys and girls and we just have we ask these kinds of questions all the time. Um, so I was surprised to hear that a lot of guys are like intimidated by women. You know, if they got asked on a date by women, it like completely changes their whole mindset on what it is and what it means. And that really surprised me.
0: Yeah, um, I don't know, I've found that a lot of guys like, like I said, they like to think that everything was their idea, that mm-hmm. it that it was their doing. Um, you know, some people would argue that that's just like a natural order of you know guys doing the pursuing, and women being pursued. Um, especially, I think, um, particularly in our group, obviously because it's a young adult Christian group, so. Um, you know the basis of a relationship is supposed to be biblical, and yes. you know from a biblical point of view, um, Christ and the church are the embodiment of the relationship of a man and a woman, and of course Christ pursued the church, um, and so it's this whole, yeah. you know, it's the whole idea that the man is supposed to be pursuing the woman. Um, I
1: think of relationships as more being like fifty-fifty. I guess, in a sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So there's a lot more, I guess, balance in the way that I view things and the responsibilities and what the power dynamics are. Yeah. So maybe yeah. that sort of makes it, I know maybe, you know, traditionally, I think men prefer um, to have more of the power in the relationship so that could contribute to them wanting to be the one to make the event. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah,
0: it's I don't know. It's an interesting it's an, it's an interesting foray, I guess. Um, you know, especially now that there's like dating apps and things like Oh yeah. Like the whole dating scene is just so complicated. Um, you know, a lot of times a lot of times I'm more like I wish I'd been born so that I was like a teenager or not a teenager, so that I was like an adult in like the 90s. Because I'm like, just before things got real, real complicated.
1: Um, uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think sometimes, yeah, it definitely hurts us more than it helps us sometimes.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. And I guess everybody's just kind of working their way through it, figuring it out. Um, one day at a time, one step at a time. Okay guys, that was the rest of the conversation I had with Devin last week. Um, thanks again Devin for stopping by to have that conversation, or I guess calling in is more appropriate. Um, <laughs> thank you guys for listening, hopefully you got something out of that. Um, if you have your own tips um, or you know comments about what's worked for you or what hasn't worked for you, though I must say I am preferential to success stories, love to hear about you guys' success um, in all things, but you know, of course in dating since that's what we were talking about, um, you know, feel free to leave a message at the website, um, this particular episode will be posted at love slash loveanddating, um, I think you can also leave comments on SoundCloud, I'm not really sure, I've never done that, but I think that's a possibility. Or, of course, you can always find me on Instagram, um, sheree.hughes, and leave messages there. You know, just let me know what you guys think and how you're dealing with all of this. So, in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe, and I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.